Greetings from TG Geeks webcast where Ben and Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre, you name it, we talk about it. Find our episodes each week on TGGeeks.com. Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers. I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the geek to geek Podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 77 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. It is time for another spoiler cast, and so of course we are joined today by Ray Vargas. How you doing, Ray? Hey, how's it going? It's been a little while, it's been a little while, it's good to have you back. Yeah, it has. Marvel's not, you know, dishing them out on a weekly basis like they were for a while. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, so what have you been up to since we last talked? Oh, man. Um, I've been getting into the swing of things as an admissions counselor for Laguna College of Art and Design. So travel is a lot of fun. I love traveling um, and just working with students. It's been um, we're coming up on graduation soon. So we're really excited about that as a school. Um, and getting ready for the summer, actually. Are you looking forward to to the summer? Is it kind of calmed down for you but around then? Yeah. And, you know, like I usually in the past haven't really been like a summer person. I know those people that kind of like light up and, you know, can't wait to go, you know, sunbathe every day. But, um, yeah, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to, a you know, a chiller vibe this summer. I think uh, it's been an anxious several months, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and so, yeah, like, um, I'm looking forward to some relaxing, uh, time, I guess. That's awesome. Yeah. And I hear you're doing, uh, you're, you're getting some art out there again. You had a show last night. I did. Yeah. I had an opening, uh, I was in a group show, uh, at, uh, Avenue 50 studios in Highland park in LA last night. Um, it was a really, really great opening. A bunch of people showed up to support and to look at the artwork. Um, it had been a while since I'd, you know, done that whole thing since I started, uh, working for Alcat again. So, um, it was great. I'm, I'm shaking the rust off of, uh, my artistic creative bones, I feel like. So, mm-hmm. um, that's another thing, you know, with, with, uh, with the more relaxed schedule this summer, I'm hoping to, uh, really start painting again. Um, 
like I don't know about as much as I used to. I mean, I was pretty prolific before when I was subbing. I know when you and I worked together, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. You know, it's it's good to to be getting paint all over my my clothes and and hands again. <laughs> <laughs> Once an artist, always an artist. You gotta always gotta go back. And as soon as you're you're away from it too long, I know if I haven't, I, I don't have the problem as much now because I I direct two shows a year. But you know, if I see a show, if I go to you know, really good theater. I get that itch again, you know, and then the creative juices start flowing. So yeah, I, totally. I get it. Totally. And and in the past, it's like if I go to a, like see an art show or something, you know, it's it's as enjoyable as it is. There's also that kind of twinge in the back of my head where I'm like, oh, man, I need to I need to do this again. You know what I mean? You, ever yeah, do, yeah, yeah. you go, you know, see something and you haven't, you know, participated in that. Uh, in a while or whatever and you just remember, oh yeah like you know like i need to do this so it's like bittersweet i saw the um the james carrie marshall show um at mocha it's an amazing show i've been twice to see it i want to go one more time before it closes uh he's an amazing painter and um yeah both times i was there i was like this is amazing why <laughs> don't i do this more <laughs> so yeah it's it's fun to to be back in the swing of things for sure as an artist that's awesome that's awesome very cool yeah, Matt, I, I understand the feeling of needing to, to take a little break. Matt and I actually took a, a vacation up to the Columbia River Gorge between uh, Oregon and Washington. Ooh. And the the deal was, because everybody knows Matt's very active, and he, he considers himself very outdoorsy, <laughs> and he calls me an indoor cat. Um <laughs> So we, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we we decided, well, we're going to kind of compromise on this one. We went and he found us a lodge right on the gorge, and um, we, uh, you know, the the first full day that we were there, we went zip lining. Whoa! Uh, both, the two of us are big fans of sake, so we drove into Portland and then past Portland into this little sake brewery. And uh, did a sake tasting, and then we went to dinner and did all this stuff. And then the rest of the time, we just lounged around the the cabin and, you know, in the room or down on the anironic chairs overlooking the river. <laughs> that sounds was, like a good balance. Yeah, it was perfect. It was perfect. We were up there for about four days. Two questions. And, yes. One, did you zip line over the gorge? No, they didn't have a zip line over the gorge. <laughs> You're freaking me out right now. Uh, two, do you drink your sake warm? No, because I have learned that warm sake is usually lower quality sake. What? Yes. Oh. Yes, we'll have to have you out sometime and just do sake. Because okay. yeah. it is like we have um, the the brand that was being sold at this brewery, which is Sake One Brewery. Um, they have a bunch of their stuff out at Our Total Wine, so that's where we first heard about them. Mm. And the four that they carry at Our Total Wine are their Diamond, Silver, Ruby, and Pearl. And their Silver was my least favorite. You know, it's good. It's good quality sake, but it's it's my least favorite. We got up there and we tried it and, you know, it was part of the tasting and it was like, okay, yeah, no, still my, my least favorite of your things. And they were like, well, we've got it in the tasting room because we were doing a, like an oyster, they had an oyster fest. Wow. Cool. So they paired the sakes with, um, oysters, which was really cool. Wow. After that, we went to the taste room and we, we'd already had several tastings, so they can only give you, I guess, 10. So we're like, okay, we've got four. We're not going to waste these four. 
Um, and we went in, and they were like, we've got the silver as nama, which means raw, and it's different. It's unpasteurized. It's, you know, and, and you can't take that home. It's got a shelf life of like a week. Wow. But, you know, you'll, you'll want to taste it because it's really different and by far the best sake I've ever tasted. Wow. And it was the silver, which is our, our least favorite, but I guess because it hadn't been pasteurized and put through all that processing, yeah. it still had all this flavor. It was so good. We ended up getting a growler to take back to the hotel with us. It was so good. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I've never, I, I feel like sake is something that I would like, but I've never been able to get over the temperature. I'm not a big fan of really any hot beverage. Like I drink coffee in the morning, but as soon as it starts to get warm, like I switch to iced coffee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's about the only hot beverage that I'll drink. I don't like tea at all. Um, during uh, Christmas time, I'll have champurrado, which is like you know Mexican uh, hot chocolate, mm-hmm. um, and that that's it for for warm or hot drinks. I just I don't like it. So um, it's funny because I I've heard that um, Americans have a thing about ice cubes. That I've heard that in other parts of the world. Um, you know, not it, not, you don't drink everything cold. <laughs> like we yeah. do. Um, but yeah, sake is one of those things. I love sushi. I love Japanese food. And I thought, Oh, like, you know, I've, I've tried it in the past and I've just never been able to get over that temperature thing. It just doesn't feel right. You know? Yeah. Next time you go ask for if they have any cold sakes. And then if you really want to like step outside your comfort zone, um, ask for uh, one of their nigoris which is the unfiltered. So when they pour it, it's like white. It looks like milk. Ooh, yeah. I'm totally and it's really right. sweet and really good. It usually has kind of a um, creamy or coconutty flavor to it, and it's really good. Wow, I'm really down to try that. Actually. <laughs> cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, we're hoping to go back on a camping trip again this summer like we did last summer, which was um, we went out to Yosemite, uh, sort of like that area, mm-hmm. and I did a bunch of research and tracked down a bunch of like hidden water holes, like all through Northern California. And so we went like on a week long road trip where every night we stopped and camped near a water hole. And some of these you had to like hike to and stuff. So it, that was a lot of fun. I want to do it again this year. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Matt was really excited to go zip lining. I'd gone zip lining in Costa Rica, which I had a great experience. Everybody I say that they're like, Oh, did they have you like land in mattresses and stuff? And I'm like, no, it was a it was a legit place, but um, but he was he was really excited to do they they did kind of the the two little test ones to make sure that you were okay to go you know really short ones where you could see the other end really clearly and um and it was funny because there was um three groups of people there were two families of four all all adult children but you know two families of four. And, uh, and us. And the person who had suggested zip lining in each group were the ones who were most afraid of going. <laughs> <laughs> so the mothers of both of the, the, the families and Matt were just very hesitant. And they, one, one had a problem with it the entire time. She, I guess, suffered from vertigo. And so it took her, you know, a, you, you kind of had to push her off to get her to go. Oh, God. But um, the other two were started warming up, and just as they were getting, you know, used to it, they're like, "All right, now we're going to do something different." And I guess it's called the Mary Poppins line. And what it is is it's this like pulley, 
and you stand on a platform, and they're, they're, we're looking around, and we're like, where's the next zip line? Oh, we have to hike to it. Well, how in the hell do we get down? Well, you just strap yourself into this and then just step off the platform. Whoa. And it just kind of lowers you down. And <laughs> everybody was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And all of a sudden, Matt went from, this is awesome, this is awesome, to, oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get off this ride? <laughs> yeah. And so he, he, he did it, and it was fine. And he was like, okay, that wasn't so bad. And then I was like, I mean... I don't have a, a huge fear of heights, so so this is you know not not a big thing for me at all. And so I just like stepped off, and everybody was like, "He just stepped off. He didn't think about it at all. He just stepped <laughs> off." And I'm like, "Well, everybody else did it, and nobody's dead. <laughs> I figured I'd be okay." <laughs> oh man, you know what we should do this summer? We should do like a uh, uh, keep it uh, uh, keep it geek like road edition, where it's like how to how to keep it geek while you're like on a camping trip or while you're like out like doing stuff. That would be fun, and we'll have to we'll have to do it like uh, like maybe the, the two of us and the two of you guys will will go camping together and uh, geek it out while we're there, and we can record. Yeah, As we go. That would be a like, lot of fun. What are there ways to like, you know, be outdoorsy but still like, you know, still re- represent as as a geek or still, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Our significant others will be like, all right, well, we're gonna go on a hike. Well, you guys, and we're like, that's fine. We're reading, we're reading comic books. We're good. <laughs> cool. Uh, um, but while while we were up there, we um, I I brought my Switch because I got a Switch a couple weeks ago. And Nintendo Switch, and was playing um, Zelda Breath of the Wild, and uh, I, I'm, I'm I'm loving the console. I'm I'm ready to get different games because I'm not good at that one, <laughs> and so I can only play so long before I get frustrated, and then I'm like, all right, I'm I'm gonna go do something else. But not being a console player for so long, it it it's I don't have the muscle memory. So a Nintendo Switch, that is is that a handheld one? It's it's dual. So like this morning while I was trying to keep the pu- puppy occupied, I could plug it into our into the the console unit that's plugged into the TV. A Nintendo. And, yeah. Okay. And uh and play it on the TV, but then like I could literally lift it right out of the console um cradle and and play it like a handheld. Oh wow. Yeah, so it it transitions back and forth. Holy crap, that's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> it's true because you can take it everywhere, and all of a sudden, your like console gaming stuff is in your yeah, you know, in your backpack, and so it's and you use. I mean, I don't know. It's do you, do you download games or like how does that work? Yeah, it it has a place for a cartridge. So I have Zelda Breath of the Wild on the um cartridge. Oh, okay. So you but, can still buy cartridges and put them in and stuff. Yeah, but I downloaded um, a, a little like two-player game that I'm gonna try with Matt at some point. Oh, cool. But, okay. Yeah, yeah, and it's like just a little puzzle game. It's not. It's called uh, Snipper Clips. You're like little pieces of paper, and you have to cut off pieces of each other to to fit into <laughs> places and solve the puzzles. What is it about a game that appeals to you? Like as a gamer, like w- what makes you say is it just like the the big hyped up title that's coming up or is it like oh that looks like something that I would enjoy? Like what is it you look for or what piques your interest in a game? Um, I don't you know, I've never really thought about that. I think <laughs> I think it's just like yeah, I just I kind of I guess setting's a big thing, so I tend to do a lot more fantasy settings than than space or sci-fi settings. 
Okay. Um, I think kind of, kind of like you'd pick films, like, we, we don't watch a lot of horror films because it's not Matt's thing. He doesn't care for it. Yeah. So I don't play a lot of, like, I don't play racing games very often. Everybody's really excited about Super Mario Kart. And I'm like, eh, I can take Super Mario Kart or leave it. You know, I'm not that big of a, it's not that big of a deal to me. But you um, like RPGs, right? What was that? You like RPGs. Yeah, I like, I think those are probably the most common. Um, I like, Things that, are, that keep me active. <laughs> if I get stalled out, like, that's, I think, part of the, the thing that I'm having trouble with uh, Zelda is because I'm not good to, with it and because I haven't played a lot of these kinds of games, I I get lost and I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And if I'm not, like, then there's not a lot of, it's not like, wow, where every five steps you're, you've got something to hit with a hammer. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of like, well, I want to fight something, but there's nothing to fight here. <laughs> Um, you know, so just stuff that'll constantly keep me active and keep me doing stuff. Cause I do it as an escape. I do it to not think. And so if right. I'm, if I'm focusing too much on trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do, then it takes me out of the, the actual game. Right. Right. So, cause it's interesting cause you mentioned the game you just downloaded, the cutting paper game. And I'm like, huh, I wonder what, what about that made you go, Oh, I want to try this game. You know, it's a two person game that doesn't, have a fantasy setting and my <laughs> husband may find some intrigue in that is literally the only reason why I've downloaded that, so that game. Most yeah. geeks I know are like really into the thing they're into and then they're really good at like adjusting for someone who isn't into <laughs> these things, you know what I mean? Like how can I bridge the gap here? Like how can I, you know, <laughs> like have this have some appeal to like someone that wouldn't normally be into this stuff. We we try. We try. Yeah. Right? Is that how you get the geek this week then? Yeah, that that um we we um I since we were in a different place I, I pulled out the Pokemon Go, which I hadn't done in a long time, but uh wasn't uh wasn't all over it like I, I was when it first came out. Yeah. I'm amazed that they didn't add a function where you can Pokemon battle with other people. You know what I mean? Yeah, they will eventually. <laughs> I'm sure they will eventually, because they have to, because if they want to keep it fresh. I mean, they added new Pokemon, so that was fun, because almost right. everything I was running into, I'd never run into before. Right, but can so. you imagine, like, being out searching for Pokemon, and then you come across someone who's also searching for Pokemon, and then you guys, like, have a battle, you know? Like, how cool would that be? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, and that, that's the thing, because I played a little bit of, like, regular Pokemon, Pokemon Sun, and um, it was, uh, you know, I, I, I kept thinking about it. It, the Pokemon Sun when I was playing Pokemon Go because I'm like it would have been so much more entertaining if it was just like the game. Right. I understand why it's not because it would take too long to catch anything. But <laughs> you know when you've thrown your third or fourth or fifth Pokeball at something and it's still not being caught, I'm like okay, I'm bored. <laughs> right. Um, the other thing, and I think you've said you have not watched it, and I'm gonna start pestering you to make sure you you do. Have you seen Sensei yet? I haven't, but I think about you every time I come across it now, because <laughs> a lot of people are talking about it. Well, because season two just came out last weekend, and we were uh, traveling, so we didn't get to see it. So we we watched it two two episodes last night. So good, Ray. It's so good. <laughs> That's why I've heard people talking about it so much recently. Then, okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I've, I've heard people talking about that and um the the OA or the OA or something. The OA, the OA I liked, but it was odd. 
and it took some getting into. Hmm. But because it was so odd, it was kind of like, all right, I don't know where you're going with this, so I'm going to stick with it just because I'm curious. Yeah. But but Sense8 is phenomenal, and one of the big things, like there was a big cliffhanger problem last season, and I was afraid that it was going to kind of slow down this season and yeah. make it really awful, and... It didn't. It like they they don't dwell on it. They don't. They use it to propel the plot forward, as opposed to just having it this kind of nagging thing in the background. Wow. This, this is me trying to to talk to somebody who hasn't seen it <laughs> and to not spoil it for anybody who hasn't. Well, I've been rewatching The Walking Dead for the last several weeks now, and I know exactly what you're talking about because. I mean, I really enjoyed watching that that show the first time around, um, mm-hmm. and and I'm enjoying it this time. But you, what you just described is exactly what happens to a lot of these shows, where it's like they start, they kick something off like in the first couple episodes, and and it becomes the seat like that's what that season is about, and it can just get kind of slow and you know like just kind of a, a feel like I don't know, like it's it's making the season feel twice as long as it is, you know? Well, it's that whole we have to fill the the 12, 13, or 22 episodes. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm waiting for, like, you know, a mid-season, like, change-up or resolution, and then, you know, like, why can't you just uh, speed up the storytelling there? <laughs> yeah, you have to get to the, that mid-season finale to kind of push you into the next set of... Uh... Yeah. Of episodes. Yeah. And that's the thing I like about a lot of Netflix series. Not, not all of them because, you know, like Iron Fist. Did you watch Iron Fist? I haven't seen it yet. To be honest with you, um, uh, Luke Cage was, was a struggle. So. <laughs> okay. If you can't get through Luke Cage, don't even bother with Iron Fist. Because oh. I loved Luke Cage. Okay. Iron Fist is slow. I'll see the defenders and I want to be all cut up. So I might have to just. Power through in like a weekend or something. I'll, I'll order lots of pizza. That'll make me happy. Yeah, just put, just push through it. Feel free to text me your angry comments because it's not, it's not just, it's not just bad storytelling. It's not good filmmaking. So you're gonna, you're gonna dislike it on multiple levels. <laughs> That's what I've heard over and over again. Oh man. Okay. Maybe we'll do like a drinking game. Con- <laughs> I don't know. Something. We're, we're gonna bring out the big guns for, for Iron Fist. Um, no, but yeah, I, um, I speaking of like how, you know, the the rhythms of, of a season, you know, for, for TV shows or whatnot. Um, one thing I really enjoyed was watching Game of Thrones. Like I finally decided to, you know, take the plunge and everyone's around me has been talking about it for so long that I decided, OK, you know, let's catch up. And so I started at the beginning. We watched all of them. We're all caught up. Um, really, really enjoyed the show. Um, and it was really interesting. Um, I don't think this is a spoiler really for anyone who hasn't seen it, but, um, what they do is it's this, it's the, the second to last episode of each season is the big dramatic, like blow up thing where like it like changes the status, status quo drastically. Mm-hmm. And then the last episode is kind of like the fallout from that or like the, What's, what's it called? Epilogues, not epilogue. Um, yeah, epilogue. You know what I mean? So yeah, so they don't leave it on a cliffhanger for you. They kind of do, but it's it's a it's a minor note after the major thing in the in the penultimate episode of each season, which I I really like that. You know, 
Right. Well, and it makes sense because if they're, and I don't know how how off of the the novels they they go because uh-huh. I read the novels, but I mean that would make sense because if you're going to kind of conclude a novel, it does have an ending, even though the ramifications are going to go on into the next book. Right. Yeah, I never thought of it that way, but you're right. Absolutely. Um. So yeah. So uh, watching Walking Dead. I think we're like in season three or four right now. Um. And then uh, all caught up with the Marvel movies too. I rewatched all the Marvel movies in order, kind of in uh, order. How was I, that? Um, that was really interesting, man, because a lot of those I hadn't seen since the first time. So, um, yeah, it was interesting to see uh, all of those with a new perspective. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, was not expecting to enjoy Thor as much as I did. <laughs> like the first time around, I was kind of Thor movies were kind of like, eh, okay, let's get this out of the way. Um, but second time around, I, I really, really enjoyed them. Um, and I, obviously, you know, it, it's, it's impacted by who you're watching them with. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. So the Thor movies were a big hit as was, um, Dr. Strange. Actually, I, I, I kind of like Doctor Strange when I saw it. Oh, and Ant-Man. Same thing. Ant-Man and Doctor Strange. Same thing where kind of liked them. You know, they were good. They were cool. They were Marvel movies. They were enjoyable. Second time around, really, really liked them. And I I'm think- have to go back and watch Ant-Man because I loved that movie. And so I'll, it's okay. one of my favorites out of the, the, the batch of them. So I'll be interested to see what a second watch is like. I think it's cool when you're watching them like on a weekly basis like we just did. Like the the change up in like feel and aesthetic and like you know humor or whatnot was really welcome for ant-man you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and then doctor strange it's like it's just got its own flavor which is really cool that it just it feels so different because it's magic based you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they just do a really good job with them i feel like and and shockingly joe shockingly i was kind of lukewarm on civil war really yeah dude and it's so funny because as we were getting closer to that movie i was like getting pumped and i like circled that like oh man like i only saw it that one time in theaters like it was great i was super excited and then we watched it and i was like that was kind of (laughs) slow like like it first of all huge difference between joss whedon's uh films and uh the russo brothers films Uh uh-huh I did not notice that the first time around, but the second time around, oh man, Joss is so good at what he does. He makes it look so effortless. Like all of the character interaction, all of the funny, all the humor, all of the different like interesting beats that keep this, you know, something moving along, you know, like so good. That stuff is really lacking with the Russo brothers. Like it's, it just has a different tone, a little Mm -hmm. more serious, but it starts to, you know, three quarters through the movie, you're like, oh, like, all right, this has been, you know, not as light, you know, whereas the Josh stuff, it's just like you get to the end. You're like, well, that was just a fun ride all the way through. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. How was how was Avengers 2 for you? Um, It was good. But I, you know, I didn't hate it the way a lot of people hated it the first time around. I enjoyed it and I enjoyed it the second time, too. I thought it was it's like, how do you top the first Avengers movie, you know, which is always going to be epic like that movie just just it just raised the bar you know um and uh yeah i enjoyed it the second time around as well um i i thought it was cool i i really like james spader as ultron it's just so cool such a good <laughs> um yeah and all the storylines and stuff really love the stuff with with hawk hawkeye in, in in the middle you know 
Mm-hmm. Um, really wish they hadn't butchered Thor's storyline um, in that one, especially since I enjoyed the Thor movies that much more, you know? Right. Second time around. Um, but yeah, I'm super pumped for Thor Ragnarok. Oh, my God. That... I am too, and I never thought I would be because I was lukewarm on the Thor movies too. I mean, they were fun, but they weren't like, oh, my God, these are amazing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you watch a Thor movie, I mean, you know, it, I, I I feel like a lot of these movies, too, like it depends on how how much you're you're all in on the lead. You know what I mean? True. I feel like Chris Hemsworth is really likable. He does a really good job. He's like trying to do so much. Thor does a lot of heavy lifting. Oh, sorry for the pun. But um, <laughs> like in terms of like the movies, like the characters, because if you think about it, like he's this like comes from this like Norse like like storyline right and, mm-hmm. and it, it's all Shakespearean and whatnot but he also has to like fit into like the light like humor of like the Avengers and stuff um and I think Hemsworth does a really good job of it so so it's it's gonna be fun to see in Ragnarok him just to really use that part of his character because I know he's a funny dude he seems like in other movies like he really you know his humor and especially in all the shorts and all that stuff that they've done like you can tell, like, you know, he has he has comedy chops. He was great in Ghostbusters, too. Like, he was one of my favorite things about that movie. So Yeah, same here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, it's going to be fun to to see that. And then I like the director. I'm excited about, you know, um, I'm not going to butcher his name, but um, really liked, you know, the other stuff that he's done. So I'm just, yeah, just Thor Ragnarok just looks like it's going to be a, a shitload of fun. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, and I, I, I know we haven't seen... Um, Doctor Strange in any of the previews, but I'm pretty sure we're going to see him in Thor. So I feel like it's going to I feel like it's going to be this weird, odd buddy movie kind of feel, mm-hmm. which I'm really excited about. I had totally forgotten about the stinger at the end of Doctor Strange, where him and Thor sit down and have a beer and talk about going to find Loki. Right. I totally forgot about that. I was like, oh, yeah. And I wonder if we're ever going to get anything about, like, Loki taking over Asgard. Because at the end of Thor 2, like, he was posing as Odin. That's true. That's true. And, and then it's like, what happened? Where would Odin go, first of all? Like, you know, what? what? I, th- I, I thought it would have made more sense at the end of Doctor Strange if they're like, let's go find Odin. You know what I mean? Because right. Loki's in, you know, sitting on the throne up there. So I don't know. Um, We'll see. We'll see how what, what it's like. But, um, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, it's we're 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 getting into that because I was looking at the schedule and I'm like, after this, we're gonna have to schedule a couple uh, more spoiler casts because we've got Wonder <laughs> Woman coming up, we got Spider Man coming up. We're 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 starting to get back into the flow of things. We are. I thought about that in the back of my head when I was like, yeah, Marvel's not dishing them out on a weekly basis. I'm like, oh, they're they're gonna be like, oh yeah, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Very so, cool. Well, any we- other things? Um, no, I mean, that's just watching a lot of stuff. Um, and they haven't had time for a lot of reading, but I'm looking forward to that this weekend too. That's another cool thing about talking about keeping a geek on the road, right? Like that would, that's one thing I usually buy a, a graphic novel whenever I travel, whatever city I'm in, I go, I visit a local comic book shop. I buy a graphic novel to read on, on the plane right back home. So, nice. um, didn't get a chance to do that with my most recent trip to Atlanta, but, um, I'm looking forward to doing that soon, uh, this summer doing some more reading. So yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we're going to take uh, a quick couple minutes to to tell you about some fun podcasts, and then we're going to come back and we're going to spoil the hell out of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Do you like video games? Do you like music? 
Do you like video game music? Then join the Washington Metropolitan Gamers Symphony Orchestra on Twitch. Each week, we feature a game the orchestra has performed music from. Our arranger guests will chat about their process, their inspirations, and why game music is so awesome. Check us out every Sunday from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. at twitch.tv slash WMGSO. Comics. Hey everyone, this is Rob, your friendly neighborhood comic geek. And this is Liam, the the languishing, lascivious Liam of Langley. Wow, that was extremely illiterate of you. Well, I try. We are the hosts of The Comic Box, part of the geek to geek podcast network. So, join us. Bop, bop. Oh, yeah. Alright, so we're back, and uh, in case... You didn't hear, as we were leaving into the commercial break, this is a spoiler cast. So if you have not watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, we will not be offended if you pause us, go watch the movie, and then come back so that you can enjoy the conversation without worrying about us messing it up for you. Because we will we will be spoiling. <laughs> so general thoughts. Uh, we, we've kind of established that I go into these very dubious and are usually pleasantly surprised, and you tend to go into these very excited and get mildly disappointed. So where did where did you land on either side of expectations versus um, uh, reality? I've actually um, done some work in getting over to your side of the spectrum of expectations, <laughs> and I gotta say, it's it's much it's it's. It's a better way to go. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, like I was excited to see it, but I also tempered those expectations a little because I was just like not really expecting less, more than, more just kind of being open-minded and just being like, you know, it's, I'm just going to enjoy the ride for what it is. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think Absolutely. This, yeah, at this point with Marvel movies, like that's you, you got to kind of do that, you know? Uh, um, I think if you – um. I don't know. I know it's harder when you really love a character. You know, if you're really invested in a character or, or, or you had a particular experience with that character when you were younger and then you want to go and see the movie, you want to feel that. And so I can understand that expectation. But with Guardians, it's more like, Hey, the first movie was great, like way better than expected. Didn't think we were going to get a second movie. So cool. Like I'll just go in and just, you know, after Doctor Strange, I feel like after Ant-Man, Doctor Strange territory, this is just kind of like all gravy. Like I'm just like, cool. Let's see what happens, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I and I really enjoyed it. I thought I actually thought it was better than I thought it was going to be. That's awesome. Yeah, I I, I think I, I mentioned to you before we we started recording that I I had the same feeling about this that I had about Doctor Strange. After it was over, I was like, I enjoyed that, but I don't have a lot to talk about it. With I really had to think about okay what am I gonna say about this movie because it was good but it wasn't like it wasn't like after Civil War when we were like oh my god and we're texting each other and we're like this is the best thing ever like this was this was a good enjoyable movie and I had fun and all right now I'm gonna move on with my day and what made it a good enjoyable movie for you was it just the fact that it was comic book it featured comic book characters that you knew about like is that enough to make it like a good enjoyable movie for you? 
No, because I think both with this and with Doctor Strange, I didn't know the characters that well, so it wasn't like that was the draw. It wasn't like, oh my god, Spider-Man's going to be in this. Oh my god, I want to see what they're going to do with Ant-Man because... I know all the different versions because I'm a huge Avengers fan and I want to see what happens. Yeah. Um, For me, I think it was just kind of like it, it had to rely on for me story and plot and action and comic. Like it had to actually, it couldn't, it couldn't survive just on nostalgia or, or connection, which that's that's at this point what most of the X Men movies do for me is like I can go <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah I'll enjoy it because I'm like oh hey that's my favorite character there or hey he just did that that's really cool yeah. oh look a fastball special you know uh, you know I'll I'll forgive the fact that there's you know a there. horrible yeah that everything everything else is horrible because it's like okay that's, that's I love those characters but yeah. I don't have those connections with Doctor Strange or or Guardians so. They kind of have to, it has to be a decent movie. And I think this was a decent movie. Yeah, well, I'll say this, you know, I, I also don't know anything about really these characters, except for, you know, the experience of watching the first movie. Like, that's the introduction mm-hmm. to these characters. So you at least know that much going into the second one. Sequels are, you know, they're a different thing. Um, And I think what was re reiterated, restated, I don't know what, I came out of this movie going, damn, they cast the hell out of this project. Like, I really enjoy the character interactions, uh, yeah. in, in these, in both Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Um, and, and, you know, we just talked about how I, I rewatched all the Marvel movies and like, that's a big part of the enjoyment, uh, you know, from the, from the Avengers films that Joss Whedon did. Uh, I felt like that was lacking a little bit in Civil War the second time around. Um, and with, so with Guardians, I was like, huh, like, I wonder how it's going to be, you know, man, James Gunn really, really loves these characters. And it's just like, I could seriously, Joe, like I could sit through two more hours easily of these characters, just like sitting in a spaceship, just like talking shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I would definitely much agree fun. With that. So much fun. Love all, everything that each character brings. They're very, um, unique in terms of like their personalities and what they bring to the to the team you know what i mean or the table mm-hmm. um and yeah that that was mostly what made this so good for me was that based on that and really if you think about it like that's casting and writing you know what i mean right, right absolutely and if you and- get those two things right i mean i was willing to give this movie all kinds of slack just based on how well they did those two things Absolutely, absolutely. And when you say that the the characters are kind of unique, they're not just unique to the um to the movie. They're they're not necessarily characters you see anywhere other ex- <laughs> except for two. And I'll put that in my my the bad section. But there there are two characters that I'm like, you are the least interesting characters in this movie, and you shouldn't be. <laughs> right. But we'll get to that in the bad. Yeah. Um. What else? What what else did you love about this movie? Um. Let's see. I loved. Um, we'll, we'll stick to character interaction. I love the Gamora Nebula storyline. Yeah. That was awesome. And that really, I wasn't expecting it to hit me as, as deep as it did. Like, I was like, whoa, you know, when, and there was a couple of storylines that were like, if you just look beyond the surface, and that's the thing is that James Gunn didn't have to do that with this movie. You know what I mean? Like, it could have just been, you know, a fun kind of light adventure thing with like, 
you know, stakes that matter to the characters. But if you think about what he's writing about in this film, like the whole thing between Gamora and Nebula is that they're siblings and they had a very abusive parent. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And what that does to families and siblings and, and what that makes your childhood like and how and what that does to the relationship between siblings, you know, um, how they go about surviving that experience. And um, we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. <laughs> you know yeah. And when that's, the crazy thing is, is I, I, I as I was watching it, I started thinking, OK, I, I, I now do this thing because I, now I know that we're going to be talking about these movies. I watch them a little bit differently. Yeah. And so I, I'm looking, I'm like, okay, I know people are going to complain about how quickly Nebula is okay with Gamora. Really? And I, and I was like, but I think, I, I just I kind of predicted that that was going to be what one of the major complaints out there was, but I feel like it was so genuine because deep down Nebula always knew it's not Gamora she was mad at. Yeah, yeah. And that's, they mine all that territory, like, expertly. You know what I mean? I, I didn't, I, it didn't occur to me that people would think that that was too fast. I didn't think it was fast at all. Are you kidding? Like, I was like, dude, she's your sister. Like, come on. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but yeah, like, just, it's so great to see, you know, to, to watch this big, you know, broad family space spectacle thing, you know, superheroes where it's like, you're seeing these two characters negotiate, you know, what they what their childhood was like, what they had to do to survive that experience. And then how you can't like if you carry that into your adulthood, it's just going to destroy you. Like you need to to be able to process that and like let certain things go and move on. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Because Otherwise, everything's going to be a battle like forever. You know, your life, your whole life is going to be consumed by you know, your, those experiences as a child. And that, and that's true for a lot of people. I feel like that's, that's a real thing that, you know, happens to people that is a struggle. So it's just, it was amazing to see that. I was like, I wanted to stand up and applaud, like after every one of their scenes, I just, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, I wanted more of them. I was like, like yeah. I, I could have watched just an entire movie about the two of them. Yeah. Same here. Absolutely. Yeah. So I really loved that, um, that storyline. Um, what else? Uh, Oh, the whole, I mean, let's, can we talk about Kurt Russell? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I love Kurt Russell. Um, and I thought they did a really good job casting him too, because he brings this sort of swagger with him, you know, and yeah, he's yeah. likable. And they totally played off that, which is great. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I assume you're a fan of Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah. As, as you were talking about that, I'm like, Ray and I should watch Big Trouble Nuddle China together. Like that's literally what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, like, that would Kurt be <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, yeah, it was great to see him. Uh, you know, in, in that role, the whole idea of like Star Lord, like so. I've been thinking about you know with everything going on uh, now socially, and as I mean, you know, and anybody that that knows me or follows me on social media, like I'm I'm uh, very, I guess I don't know, politically, socially uh, minded. Um, that I've been thinking about this idea of, uh, exceptionalism, mm-hmm. uh, um, and, you know, uh, politically you can, you know, it, it, you can look at it as American exceptionalism where, you know, we think we're just the, the hottest shit ever. Uh, mm-hmm. and you know, never mind that we're like, you know, a couple hundred years old <laughs> compared to like, these like ancient civilizations that, you know, <laughs> right, right. Old. Um, but, but I also think this idea, I mean, as, as a guy too, as, as a man with, you know, male privilege, I think about like, 
the the way I was brought up to think of myself and to regard myself as exceptional, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think for a lot of people right now, um, or actually not not just right now, but I think what's coming what's coming to light and what we're talking about is how when you have that expectation, when you're given when you're fed that expectation your whole life, and then your your life experiences and match up to that, that creates a lot of anger and a lot of frustration, and you know what I mean, right. Um, and, but it's really easy. Like you really want to buy that stuff when it's sold to you. And I think that as a guy, like I have to be really aware of that, you know, and like and like really cognizant because if not, then you basically it makes you a giant tool. And so mm-hmm. this whole idea that like Star Lord was told that he was part God and that, you know, like this is an amazing thing and you don't really need your friends anymore. You don't really need any of this you're a god and and you're you know we're better we're special we're better than everyone um we we can get away with more you know what we want to get away with uh you know maybe we're not morally you know um as a as as we're not morally bound to things the way other people are um and then on top of all that the guy's name is ego like good lord <laughs> you know like he literally like star lord literally had to kill ego you know yeah, in yeah. Order, like to resolve that plot. I just, I really, I just dug that. That totally drew me in. And I, and I really appreciated all of that that was going on in the story. Yeah, I think, I think it was uh, a good way to go. I think it, it did have, I mean, the whole, the whole movie was about family. And I feel like they, they hit so many different types of family dynamics in this that, it really felt like they were kind of paying homage to the theme, which you don't see in movies very often. Right. Where they're like, we're going to explore this theme from every possible angle we can think of. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Each storyline kind of came back to that, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, anything else? Well, you, you have uh, here character interactions over spectacle. I'm assuming you're talking about where there's these huge battles going on and we're just focusing on a character or two. Dude, the quiet moments also in between the big action stuff, like it's so like important, you know, um, again, another thing that Josh does well is the like it's like a good pixie song. It's like quiet, loud, quiet, loud. You know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. have that that up and down that change up. And I think that. Uh, um, films that, that fail in this regard is because they're either scared of those quiet moments or they don't get them right. And if you don't nail those quiet moments, like that's way more important, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't get those quiet moments, like really, really, uh, 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 successfully, then the loud stuff isn't really gonna matter. And so not only does James Gunn in this movie provide us with both and really, you know, get, get them right, but he combines them, which is awesome. Like the whole opening sequence, it's like a quiet character moment with Groot in like b- with this huge battle in the background. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like, it was just such a good like starting point. I felt like that that whole opening sequence was telling the audience like this is pretty much what this movie's going to be. You know, like a bunch of loud noises going on in the background. But really what's, you know, what, what's what's going to hold your interest or what's going to be enjoyable is going to be this this little story that's happening here off to the side that we're going to focus on. 
Right, yeah, and I, I they did it two or three times to just such great success. I thought, because <laughs> I mean, how many how, we we've we're now what? This is what like movie twelve, like, something like that. Yeah, you know, it, we we've seen a lot of action action sequences. So unless you're gonna do something unique with it, yeah. I, I love the fact that we're just gonna we're gonna you know what's happening so we're gonna focus on something else while we take care of this that we have to take care of. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and it's, they pay attention to to everything, all the details of it, you know. Yeah, and it's the and it's the exact opposite of okay, we're in the middle of a of a car chase and it feels like it should be over. Oh no, here comes the squadron of motorcycles. <laughs> Yeah, totally. With no excla- with no exclamation points, just period, just like yeah, that. Yeah, just like here it is, and it's like, oh, but we we were done. Like we had enough of it. Like this this chase has been going on for two minutes now. Can we just like somebody crash? Somebody like let's just end this thing yeah. already. Stop trying to top the French Connection, everyone, please. So, yes. <laughs> somebody take the camera away from Paul Greengrass. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Totally. I think that. All, if you if you in in the middle of those big action scenes where this these you know great character moments and storylines are are playing out, uh, uh, all the little details of like the the body language, um, the the dialogue that happens, like the jokes that are coming, like really quick jokes, like back and forth, you know, like it, it just I thought the writing was really was really well done. The dialogue was good. I didn't always think the acting was the best. But yeah, because I think I think that the characters have been set up to so much to be like punchline. Yeah, that that when they've got it's I think I think it is a little bit of an awkward transition from the humor to the quiet moments. I think the quiet moments still have that under feeling of these are actors with character chops or comedy chops and they're they're struggling to get those quiet moments authentic yeah yeah i thought um i want to explore that actually uh one other good thing i thought though about the movie or one thing that the movie did well was the music same as the first movie um Mm -hmm. so cool just it just adds to the flavor it just makes it more its own thing and Mm -hmm. i wonder why more filmmakers don't do that i mean maybe it's it's like a question of like licensing like fees and stuff but um yeah, it's just so cool. It it just goes so far towards, you know, uh, uh, making the film uh, stand apart, you know, from the other Marvel films. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I listened to the soundtrack all week after we watched. Nice. After nice. we watched it at work, I listened to it all week. Yeah, it's great. Um, and I kind of feel like I'm getting like you know a little bit of like my dad's experience. He grew up, you know. He came of age in the seventies, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like, oh, this is like all the stuff that he listened to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um so yeah, and I love that that they're choosing songs that are not like in every commercial, like the all the songs from the seventies that we know already, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. You, they, there were some deep cuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple that just enough. You know, I feel like it's a good it's a good mix, it's a good balance. Um Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, back, back to the, the acting thing. And you're right. The way they're setting up the characters, I think it's inevitable. Um, I did feel like Chris Pratt didn't bring his A game in this film. How do you feel about that? Well, I just, I don't, I don't know that it was his fault. I feel like it was very much. He, he, uh, Star Lord and Gamora are the two characters that I feel are 
boring. Right. Not not Gamora when she's with Nebula. Yeah. I think that's dynamic. Yeah, totally. But do you ever watch Superstore? No. Um, I feel like they're very much Jonah and um, I forget the name of the other character, the one that America um, Ferreira plays. But it, it it feels like typical sitcom characters. Like it doesn't feel like there's anything new about those characters. And because they're surrounded by characters that are so larger than life and so much more unique than we see in anything else, these two characters that you could have basically taken out and put into the cast of Friends just feels dull. Right, right. Well, they also could be falling victim to the whole romance storyline that they're developing, you know? Right, and I honestly think I, I, I feel like it would be more fun to not have them trying to be a thing. Yeah, yeah, like, totally. I feel like the least interesting parts of either Friends or The Office is the the romance between those two characters, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, right, absolutely. Like, it's like, don't, and, and I... I, maybe, you know, I, I, I walked out thinking, eh, Chris Pratt, like, uh, you know, he's, he's enjoyable. He, he's a likable actor and I know he's really funny. Um, and I like him in other stuff. He's got a ton of charisma, but I just felt like, uh, that was like, he just, character didn't do a whole lot. Like, I mean, even though it was like the main plot line with his dad and everything, like, you're right. There wasn't enough quirk there to stand up with the rest of the, the, the cast or characters. Um, and it just seems like they're keeping him vanilla because, you know, him and, and Gamora, because they've got this other thing, this other story point they're working on. Yeah. And I, I feel like the, the, the kind of charm of the first movie was them kind of one upping each other and being in that competition. Right. And I feel like you can do that without having a romantic tie. And it makes it more like if you made the competition a little bit more between Gamora and Star-Lord and a little less between Star-Lord and Rocket. Yeah. There's yeah. something more dynamic and not as as obvious as you know, yeah. your typical sitcom plot. And God knows that Rocket's got enough of his own stuff going on. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that. Yeah, totally. Um yeah, I just felt like there was a couple of a few lines early on in the film where I was like, "Oh, he was definitely saying that to a dot on the screen or like a blank, you know, like, like mm -hmm. some kind of like plastic avatar that was going to be digitally added later. Like you could just tell, or like some, some lines of dialogue that just, you know, they were, they were, um, performed with a, with a, with an exclamation point at the end. And it's like, you didn't need to yell that. Like, why did you, <laughs> what's going to happen now? Rocket? Like just really, you know, like, uh, clunky, like that's, they're they're like explaining it's like a ton of exposition you know and when you're like yelling exposition like it it makes it so much worse you know yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um it's that it's gonna destroy the universe like that <laughs> it makes it a lot less <laughs> yeah it makes it very anime yeah <laughs> yeah totally oh my god that's great uh yeah and I and I understand that's also again I. Because they nailed the most important things in my mind, I was I was willing and ready to give this movie a lot of leeway. So the fact that I felt like overall they're trying to reach a broader audience now, it's definitely this this volume two definitely felt a little more Disneyfied Disneyfied than than the first one did. Yeah. Um. And it this is like a like a family you know comedy 
thing. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. uh, uh, my, my friend Matt that, that I saw it with pointed out to me as we walked out, he was like, you know, they, they didn't have to beat you over the head with the whole family thing. We get it. Like, <laughs> we understand mm-hmm. what it's about. Like, trust the audience, you know? Like, um, and, and I was like, huh, like, they didn't, it didn't bother me as much when I was watching the movie because it's such a fun watch. But yeah, it's totally true that they, you know, they underline that four times, you know, like we're a family, we're a family. Um, but I also understood like, you know, they're the, the audience now is not so kind of sad to think about, but it's like, you got to kind of dumb it down a little bit for like a broader audience, you know? But do you, I mean, you don't do that in a classroom when you're trying to get kids to learn things. That's true. You know? That's like, true. yeah. Why set the expectations low? Make them come up to your level. Yeah. And, really. uh, yeah. But I think, I don't think that's, we know that historically that is not the approach that these large, you know, film studios take, you know? Right. Well, and, and also, you know, again, if, if Wonder Woman isn't amazing, we're not going to get a, uh, female superhero driven movie. Uh, yeah. For another decade. And that's because they're, they're not, they're not reading the right things out of the audience. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a bummer. Jesus. One of the things that I didn't care for as much, which I was just a little bit, I guess, disappointed in is the whole battle at the end. Mm -hmm. I feel like if this dude is a planet, there's so many more things that they could have done that would have diversified the, the, um, the levels, the, the challenge. Yeah, the, the 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 danger. Like I kind of I kind of go back to um, giant size X Men when they're going and rescuing people from the living island. Yeah, and it's like you've got you're you're an entire planet like vegetation like Krakatoa, right? I think that was the name of the planet. Yeah, Krakatoa. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and uh, no, I think Krakatoa is the actual <laughs> volcano. I think it's Krakatoa. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that doesn't sound right. I think that's an actual thing. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, like vines, vegetation, like maybe there's creatures on this planet that, you know, like I feel like everything was this, this kind of crystallized rock formation stuff. And after a while it was like, well, all right, this is – give us a little bit of variety. Make Make this battle something that's different than what we've seen. Right, right. Um, I totally agree with you. It, I almost feel like, I don't know, maybe I've given up in certain aspects because I almost feel like that's just a given. Like, oh, this is the big dumb thing at the end. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but it wasn't in, it wasn't in and Doctor Strange. That's true, but that was the quirk of that. Like, that was the twist. The, like, the entire twist was that it wasn't a big dumb thing. You know what I mean? Right, but it shows that you could do not the big dumb thing. <laughs> right. So, um, the the island's called Krakoa, which you know what, Chris Claremont, like, <laughs> I get, you clearly ripped that off from Krakatoa. Krakoa, really? Like, come on. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I agree with you. You know, there the 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 brain thing in the middle, and there's like a bunch of like I I was just like, how are they? they I know they got to stack the odds against them, but how is not somebody dead yet? Like, come on what everyone has really bad aiming, you know, or, yeah, you know. Yeah. um, so yeah, I, I agree. They, they didn't, they didn't really take advantage of that setting or that scenario. They could have made it more interesting for sure. Yeah, absolutely. 
But I mean, I mean, I guess as far as <laughs> as far as movies go that we've reviewed and and spoiled, the uh, <laughs> the bad definitely is not. Well, like we're kind of we're 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 digging for it. Yeah, man. Like I'm looking forward to seeing that movie again. Like it was just so much fun, you know. And and I didn't disagree with like with with Matt in terms of his like you know uh, uh, criticisms. I thought he was spot on. And I was just like, yeah, you know this this fucking movie. Like it won me over. Like it just I was just like, yeah, whatever. Like that's cool. Like give me more like you know interactions between these characters. Give me more Drax, and I'm happy. Like you can you know like. Whatever, like, at, oh, here comes the motorcycle gang. Oh, no. It's like, you know, like, I'm <laughs> cool that, as long as you give me more of these characters. Yeah. Now, uh, we, we haven't talked too much about Drax. You have that down as favorite moments. Oh, I've been saving that, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, holy crap. Dave Bautista is killing it with this yeah. character. It's a great character. It is a great character. Is this what the character's like in the comics? Um, I haven't read that much of, I mean, in, in the Infinity War stuff, he's been reduced to like a childlike innocence, and that's like back in the the sixties, seventies, and eighties when when he was a completely different character. Yeah. So I don't know what he's like, but the the character on screen is phenomenal. Oh my god, it's just such a good match, like between like physicality and like the the dialogue, and like he's just nailing it. Like I can't imagine like someone else playing this character you know what i mean yeah yeah um and if they were you know if the oscars were legit you know we would <laughs> it wouldn't just be you know dry you know period dramas that that would get nominated you know like when you think about you know best actor that at least that's what it's always been described to me is like literally like the best person or you know actor or actress the best person to play that role like no one else could have done it better than that person did it absolutely uh, yeah, that's Drax is just great. And like just the whole his, like what he brings to it is perfect because the they I feel like they almost use him kind of like the Hulk in Avengers. Like he he's there to punctuate things and he just nails every moment, you know, but if you overuse him, it'll it'll definitely you're you're in danger of like losing that that kind of magic, you know, that he brings. Yeah, and I felt like they kept it at a level where you were you were excited next time he was going to have a line or something because yes. He, you knew it was going to be good. He, they didn't overdo it at all. Yeah. And and he really is one of those characters you just don't see anywhere. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, just, so, so Ceci works with um, autistic children. Mm -hmm. And she, the first time we watched Guardians, she, she didn't care for it, actually. So funny, right? Like, she didn't care for Guardians. <laughs> Which we all think is like the most accessible to people yeah, who aren't into yeah. the yeah. She loved Thor, you know. <laughs> but um uh we watched Guardians and she said, Yeah, it was okay. I love Drax. She's like, Drax reminds me like of my students. Like it's just like that's you know, that that's that character, that's that archetype or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um and and I rarely see characters representing that that person in films especially in a film like this and i'm like oh that's interesting you know like i thought he was funny i didn't think you know anything more beyond that and then we watched the second one and she's like no like anything between like drax and mantis like that was all gold that was yeah. amazingly well done um she texts me the next day from work and she says hey so one of my students was came in and he's wearing a guardians of the galaxy t-shirt and i said hey i watched the movie isn't it great and he says, 
oh my god, Miss Ceci, Drax is like us. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, oh, that's awesome. Isn't like, yeah, I I was blown away by that. And then I just reading articles all week about like, you know, how that community has really like, has really been drawn to this character. And they see him as like, you know, representative of them. Like, it's just amazing. Um, and to think, you know, I know it's like a cliche. People say, oh, representation matters, you know, and people don't want to buy that. But it's like, wow, this is, if you know, this is a very clear example of what we're talking about. Like, there are audiences out there. There are people, there are communities that like, really like Donald do they deserve to be represented but when they are like it matters like people will show up for that you know and it and it makes the project better it makes the movie better it makes anything better you know the more representation the better yeah and if you ever want to see a character who is and again i'm you know this is hopefully not being ableist of me um because you know i i i don't know what it's like to to be autistic or or be around even a, a lot of autistic people but i think a really great example of an autistic character in a series is have you seen alphas no i haven't seen alphas it's one of those one of the like everybody wants firefly to come back i want alphas to come back because it was canceled way too i won't watch the last episode because then i won't ever have anything to go back and watch oh but, i remember you telling me about that you were so bummed that it ended after one season yeah. Well, it was like it's like a season and a half basically. Right, right. And the um the the character of Gary in Alphas is autistic and they use his powers to explain a lot of his um tics and twitches and the way he he works and the way he interacts with things. Mm. And and I think it's just such a brilliant way of of giving that kind of character that moment like you you he's my favorite thing about that series yeah that's it it just like you said um you don't see characters like this you know anywhere else and it matters so much to to that kind of writing that kind of you know inclusivity like makes a big difference um yeah absolutely so that's just amazing when people don't do it like <laughs> just because well, everybody's afraid to do anything different, so that's why we have to have the romantic leads. That's why we have right. to have the male leads. That's why we have to have the white leads. Like, right, right. We're afraid to do anything different. It was so refreshing to have those like long sequences between Gamora and Nebula, and be like, "There's no dudes. Like, they don't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Sometimes they would argue about you know their dad, but like the Thanos. But other than that, it was not about. It was about them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's it. Like. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just um, it just shows you too like good you know writing, and I'm I'm amazed that James Gunn is is pulling this off to some ex- extent because he's like I imagine working with Marvel and working with Disney like these huge studios like they have this like list of things you need to be, be able to check off, you know what I mean? And right. so to be able to satisfy that, but then also reach for like these great moments and these great characters and kind of balance all that, like no wonder. You know, Whedon was was spent after two Avengers films. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but before we start wrapping things up, I wanna I wanna talk about my favorite moment in the entire movie. Yes. And it's just a small moment, but I thought it was so well done, and it so is just kind of what this movie is about. Um, we haven't talked about Mantis at all, <laughs> and I I loved Mantis, and I thought she was amazing with Drax. Yeah, yeah, those are my favorite. Yeah, those are my favorite interactions. 
my my favorite moment, which had me laughing into the next sequence, was the dramatic Avengers-like pan <laughs> that ends with her getting knocked out by a meteorite. <laughs> because it was so beautifully timed, and it was so like like they held they held the dramatic pan just that step longer so that you were like, oh, they're making fun of their dramatic pan. And then they button it by knocking her out. It was hilarious. It was stupid and ridiculous, and it made me laugh, like out loud laugh to the point where I had to be quiet so that I had to force myself to be quiet so I wasn't bothering people for the rest of the, the next sequence. Yeah, that's that's what Guardians does so well, right? It's like it serves it up, but then it's going to skewer it as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a great moment. I feel like they did things like that in, in a few different places in the film, but that was definitely the most like pronounced. Like that was <laughs> like, nope, we're not gonna let you have it. We're not gonna let you have this big cheesy, you know, superhero team moment. Like, uh, yeah, I love Mantis too. That whole idea too that her superpower is you know not an aggressive one, right? That it's right, right. Like she feels, uh, God, I looked over at Suzanne, uh, and just was like, dude, like this is like <laughs> this movie was written for us, which, you know, Suzanne loved my roommate. She loved, loved this film. Um, so it was just really cool because I felt like in a lot of respects, like, you know, you know, when you go see a movie and you know, you're having the same experience as the person sitting next to you, you know what I mean? You're just like mm-hmm. digging this and we're both digging it for like the same reasons. You know what I mean? Um, Matt, yeah, Drax and Mantis, such a good, such a good addition to Mantis. Um, we, yeah, I feel like I feel like we're about to wrap up, but wow, we didn't touch on Baby Groot. We didn't talk about um, uh, uh, Rooker's character. Um, Yondo. Yondo. We didn't talk about Yondo. We didn't talk about uh, the um, what were they called? The Golden People. I thought that was so. <laughs> uh, the the not the syndicate the um was it the syndicate <laughs> I don't know I'm gonna look to the interwebs <laughs> but, but um I thought that was Paris Hilton for like half the movie <laughs> oh how funny <laughs> I really we were looking at each other like is that Paris Hilton she's a good actress so I'm like <laughs> I've heard I've heard multiple people on online and in podcasts and in just everywhere saying i i think i'm racist because the next say, statement i'm going to say is something you just never say i couldn't tell them apart <laughs> that's great i mean yeah i think that was kind of the point right was that mm-hmm. they were like this they they were like this homogenous thing you know <laughs> like we're all gold <laughs> well and and the funny thing is is that i love the fact that they were very much like kind of kind of bashing on geek culture with them a little bit sovereign they're called the sovereign sovereign. yeah yeah Um, we were yeah because it was like okay the the way they fight is video games and (laughs) the um and the biggest thing that you can possibly do is basically insult their ego like that's the worst thing you can do and then it's not it's unforgivable and i'm like oh my god you've just created a race that's based off the internet yeah exactly i think yeah i think that's exactly what they were doing there (laughs) so good so good. And I'm okay, now we're going into like we didn't talk about the five stingers that they had at the end of the movie. Oh yeah, that's right. Um did you did you enjoy them? Yeah, I thought they were all good. I and I liked that it was like um they were not all trying to be the same 
volume or the same thing. You know what I mean? Right. It was like a little one, and there was like a major one, and then I mean, dude, I lost, I lost my shit when they showed the Watchers during, yeah, during the film and at the end. I lost my shit totally. Now, one of the things that, and and this is going into, you know, deep cut territory, but when when she's looking at the 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 head of the sovereign is looking at the birthing pod, and she's like, I'm gonna call him Adam. Yeah. That's Adam Warlock from from basically the Infinity Everything. Yes. Yes, which is interesting because it made me think about that background detail when they were um at the collector's place and they there was like this cocoon back there and that was supposed to be Adam Warlock, right? But right, and they actually – the the director said that was a, his bad, that it was supposed to be a joke. He didn't realize they were actually going to end up going in that direction, so they oh, had to look different. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know he had addressed it, but yeah, so when she said Adam at the end, I was like, oh, and it makes sense because Adam Warlock's uh, gold, right? Right. Yeah. So totally. So the the problem is though he's still not going to be in Infinity War. What? Really? So I don't know how that works What's because the- he's hmm. such an integral part of the Infinity series. Him and Nebula, right? They're both kind of like Nebula to a lesser extent, but yeah, I mean it's always Thanos versus Adam Warlock yeah. in in the Infinity stuff, and, you know, and Adam Warlock has to pull you know, all of Earth's heroes together to get them to fight Thanos. And right, right. that's the whole conceit of the thing. So I was like, of course they're going to introduce him. But apparently he's not in the movie. Huh. That's... So that, then, go ahead. Yeah, why even introduce him then at this point? That's interesting. We'll see. Unless he's going to be a stinger from the from that movie that propels us into the next wave. That's right. But, well, they haven't released the title of the part two of infinity wars because it's a spoiler they said well and i had heard that they weren't gonna that they decided against doing an infinity war part two right well that's i think that's part of the um not charade but like that's that's part of it is that you know part one is infinity war and part two is going to be a whole nother thing it's like not even a part two to infinity war it's going to be like another avengers movie but they've also said that they didn't want they haven't given out the title because that title is going to be a spoiler for what happens in infinity war and it's also that movie's going to set up what goes after that oh i've got i've got chills like it, <laughs> that means it's going to be like you know that that's how it's going to end it's going to say coming back in avengers whatever the whatever the title is and everybody's going to lose their shit yeah exactly that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I love that they've they've been successful enough that they can like call their shot now. You know what I mean? Be like, uh, we don't need to promote this for years ahead of time. People are going to be there. We're just going to blow their minds instead. Right. Right. <laughs> so awesome. Uh, God, uh, going back to the the uh, post credit scenes. Um, I like that they they give um Yondu's a uh, uh, henchman or whatever his his arrow. And he's like yeah. practicing it, you know, like trying to use it. That guy, by the way, is uh, is actually Peter Gunn's brother. I read. Yes. Yeah. So yes. that's pretty cool. I thought they did a good job on Yondu too. I love Michael Rooker, so um, it was cool to see more of him. I like that he got his his big, you know, mohawk like he has in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad that actually, and this is major spoiler, but I'm glad that you know he's not he's if he's really dead. I, I hope that he is. Um, I hope they keep it that way because I thought that was a good call. By the end of the film, he has that big exchange with with Rocket at one point where he says basically we're the same. Yeah. <laughs> and and all I could think about as as you know they switched to the next scene was 
then then why are you both in the movie then you're redundant like <laughs> exactly exactly same character you know like don't do that because that's another thing that's happened with these with these big you know a uh, multi uh uh member like projects is they everyone starts to be the same character you know, and everyone yeah. starts to, you know, the, 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 the lines of dialogue become interchangeable because everyone's the same attitude. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, Oh no. And then by the end of the movie, I was like, okay, good call. Good call. Like that, that was, that was good. Yeah. Well, and then the last stinger, I think, well, there's, there's the Groot stinger. Oh God. So good. Him as a team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very funny. Very funny. So great. And then, but then, uh, I, Another deep cut is the Sylvester Stallone character. Did you did you get or know what that was all about? Um, what was remind me? What was that stinger? Um, it's him talking to the other captains of the Ravagers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying that they brought them together. Those characters are actually the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh no way! The, yeah, the ones that are from like the sixties, seventies. Yeah, and Yondo was one of those characters. Oh, that's and, right. He was the yeah, yeah. So it makes sense to have them come together for his funeral, dude. That's and, fucking awesome. Yeah, and they're supposedly in Infinity War. That is so cool. That just blew my mind. That is so cool. Yeah, and it's funny because uh, um, Rob from the comic box was talking about um, they they just did their episode on Guardians of the Galaxy, and he was talking about how thank God they didn't do the costume for Alita, which was the the woman um, captain in that scene. Yeah, because her character in the comic book is basically like it's cut all the way down past the navel. Oh, and it's God. just, it's just, and then, and then big gold go-go boots. Of like it, it is. Cause you know, they, they did a very good job of bringing it into the, the universe and making it very accessible. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Okay. I'm remembering those characters now. That is such, that's such a cool, like addition. That's such a cool little wrinkle. Damn. Then I guess the because um, I was watching a, a video explaining some of them, and the the kind of red salamandery looking like guy. Yeah, you'll notice he was using magic like um, Doctor Strange does. Yeah, and apparently yeah. in one of the storylines he becomes Sorcerer Supreme for a while. Oh, okay, dude, such that's so cool. Ah, they do such a good job with these movies. Like, yeah, fun deep cuts. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Talk about like, you know, uh, uh, like geek fan service. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I was, and I like. It's funny because um, someone asked after the movie, like, what was the deal with those characters? And I was like, oh, they were like part of, you know, the Ravagers and blah blah. blah. And and uh, people were like, why why are they cheering for each? And my thing was like, I thought it was really cool that they got like really significant actors to play each of those roles, even though they were kind of like throwaway roles, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But that Mm -hmm. makes even more sense now. So yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Good job, guys. Jeez. Um, yeah, cool. So I, I mean, I feel like, you know, I got nitpicky there for a while, uh, on, on some things, but overall, like I, I really liked this movie. I, I just thought it was a fun ride. Like it was, I, I went in with, you know, expecting them to do a thing and not only did they do it, but they, they, 
did it really well. So it wasn't even a matter of like I had diminished expectations. I was just like, cool, like I'll take, you know, that dish again you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and i felt like i felt like the last i mean the last movie we saw was dr strange and i feel like that was kind of a good kind of end to last year yeah and this is a good revving up to this year yeah because what do we got we got some coming up quick right i know black panther is is up next i think oh no uh is it i thought i thought we have oh thor thor duh we have thor and we have spider-man and Avengers in 2018? I don't even think of Spider-Man as a um, Marvel film. I don't know why I'm thinking it as a Sony thing, but it's, I mean, freaking Tony Stark's going to be like a co-main character, so. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Wow, yeah, we've got quite a few coming up. Um, You're right, Spider-Man is actually coming out before Thor. Yeah. Wow, that's really soon. Uh, Black Panther's not so early next year, so yeah, okay. And then when's, because Infinity War's in 2018, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Um, so yeah, we have Spider-Man and Thor for the rest of the year, and then we have Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, and Ant-Man and the Wasp in 2018. Ant-Man and the Wasp was gonna be fun. Um, I'm so excited about that one, because I love Ant-Man. I thought it was a great movie. Yeah! And he's my, one of my favorite moments in, um, Civil War. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's going to be good. Um, I'm also looking forward to, speaking of Ant-Man, um, Edgar Wright is, uh, what's it called? Baby, uh, uh, <laughs> it's, it's Edgar Wright's new film coming out. Um, Baby Driver. No, I don't know that one. Oh man, watch the trailer. <laughs> watch, watch the trailer for Baby Driver. Uh, I'm super excited to have, you know, another film from this guy. I love everything he does. Um, I think that Ant-Man definitely benefited from him doing all the, like, you know, a lot of the legwork early on, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much of it he actually directed, but um, I'm sure we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I'm excited to have another film by him. Um, but I'm assuming we're, we're going to get together for Wonder Woman, yeah? Yeah, yeah, that should be the next one up on our, our list, and that's just coming up in a month. So it, that, not even. Feels, that movie feels like a final that I'm dreading. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I I I am. It's like I have to go see it, but it it's like take your medicine. It it's got that a little bit of that feel like I I'm, I'm going to do it cuz I know I have to, but I just it, it's not going to be pleasant or or and and again, I hope I hope my expectations are so low at this point that I'm going to be like, "Okay, that that was okay." This movie just matters so much in so many different ways. That it almost feels, it just feels like it's, it's not going to be enjoyable. Like it can't, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, like I'm just going to be stressed out the entire time <laughs> because it means a lot for DC movies, obviously, because they keep striking out. What the fuck are they going to do? Right. But bigger than that, I mean, a woman lead. You know what I mean? Like we need that. And we, and we keep saying that if it doesn't do well, we're not going to, it's going to be, well, it's, Dude. it's, that's not true because. Captain Marvel will come out. I can't imagine that they're not going to have Captain Marvel come out, and that's in 2019. So we'll still have to wait, but we'll, that's two years. But, dude, that'll be such a, like, oh, it sucks that it comes down to this. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. yeah, so it's just a lot right on it. <laughs> it's like when the, <laughs> this is a terrible analogy, it's like when the kid 
that is the least athletic in <laughs> PE is the last one standing in dodgeball. Or in dodgeball. <laughs> and you know that they just left him there to be cruel. Yeah, or he's in the end zone and they they just threw a, a long pass. It's like he's got to catch it to win. Like... <laughs> And and if he does, it's going to be glorious, but more than likely, it's just going to be disappointing. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> no. we're, we're horrible people. Gee, at this point, it feels like Warner Brothers is like the price we have to pay. Like DC movies are the price we have to pay for Marvel movies. <laughs> we gotta keep we got to keep the yin and the yang going. <laughs> oh, man. What's going on with X-Men? I know I heard I've been hearing casting stuff about New Mutants, but I also just heard that uh Professor X is not going to be in it. I I I don't know. I I think that's another one that I love I love New Mutants so badly that I'm kind of avoiding knowing anything about it because I think I'm going to be grossly disappointed. Yeah, see I just read that last bit of news I just read. My first thought was I wonder what Joe feels about that. <laughs> I think that was I think that was one of the things where I'm like I'm going to forward this so that I can see it later, but I I don't have the stomach to read it right now. I haven't actually read the article. Okay. Yeah. I'm doing exactly what you're not supposed to do with internet news. <laughs> cool, man. Well, this is great. I I love talking about these movies with you, especially when it's an enjoyable one. I feel like we've had a couple in a row now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? Because we were really high in the last couple, or at least, you know, they were positive. So I, for a while there, I was starting to feel like, oh, no, are we just getting together to, like, just, like, complain? Like, <laughs> we're becoming those geeks. Yeah, <laughs> no, but no, it's not our fault. It's Brian Singer's fault. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Well, any shout outs? Um, yes, I definitely want to give a shout out to my buddy Eric Almanza. He uh, is a great artist and painter. Um, he's actually also an LCAT graduate and he curated the show last night that opened at Avenue 50 studios. Um, the show's going to be up for a month. Uh, it's called the art of resistance and it is about basically making artwork, you know, in this era, this quote unquote presidency that we're, we're all in. So, um, it's kind of a, a, a bunch of artists, you know, really talented artists, uh, thoughts and reactions to, to that. So, um, he did an amazing job. I was really excited to be a part of the show. Uh, there's some really talented artists and some great work up at Avenue 50 Studios uh, in Highland Park. It's going to be up again for a month. So uh, if you can, if you're in the area or not, you know, try to get out and check it out. It's, it's a really cool show. And then next month, it's going to be the, the entire uh, exhibition, I believe, or at least most of it is going to be traveling up to uh, Northern California. And we're, we're going to be shown in a gallery up in San Jose. So we're all excited about that, too. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah. if you're in that area, um, we'll try and get the information out so people can come see you because yeah. that'd be awesome. So thanks, Eric, man. You did a great job. Shout out. Very cool. Uh, mine's a little bit political in nature too. <laughs> awesome. Um, I, I posted this week something on my Facebook feed that I was just, I was just not having a good internet day. Like a couple of the articles I read really got to me and really got me fired up. And so I posted what was pretty negative, pretty harsh, um, post i liked the hell out of that post joe i i I appreciated it because i i saw you jump in and i was like oh my god ray's always there to save the day oh the person you jumped in on i'm like he's an ally he's an ally yeah and i didn't i didn't go ham on him did you notice like i didn't yes 
I, I didn't, you know, I, I went in there measured, um, but I could, I couldn't like that post more, man. I was like, I want to stand up and cheer in my office. I was like, yes, someone's saying the difficult things, the controversial yeah. things. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. But I, I just, I did get so many, I, I got so many positive comments from people and I don't know that it satisfied my concerns, but it definitely felt good to know that people would, Kind of put themselves out there and and say you know supportive things and so that that made me feel good and so I just want to shout out to anybody who who responded to that post if you if you didn't see the post or you're not friends with me on Facebook that's actually one that I did not share with the interwebs that was only a friends only post that's um, smart because yeah that I I wasn't I I was not in a mood to to challenge people that I didn't know. Similar but, to, your, to the way you roll into movies with certain expectations, I feel like this is another thing that I need to learn from you and maybe <laughs> move forward because <laughs> uh, my stuff is all public and I'm starting to regret that decision. Uh, we'll yeah, I, I've had a couple that I've – although well, the fun thing with people who, who – when you post things that are public and they get piled on by people you don't even know, um, it's fun to see which of your friends jump in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that that's always kind of fun to see who's sitting there got your back, you know. Yeah, they, yeah. they make it on the zombie survival list. I think it's it's <laughs> it's very um anxiety inducing to put an an opinion out there that is really strongly felt, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And I think that um unfortunately that's what has to happen more. I think that we need to challenge people with, you know, the things that we say and say something that is maybe controversial and is maybe going to hurt the feelings of people around us. But, you know, sometimes that's a process that needs to happen. But I know it's not easy. So whenever I see somebody, you know, that that I know is coming from a good place, go, put themselves out there and make that kind of statement. Um, I'm there 100 percent for that, you know, because it's and, and people are going to get their feelings hurt. And it's understandable that people are upset by some of these things and they take it personally and, you know, they try to make it about them. And I think the work that we all have to do is to move past that because we all feel that, you know, like so. I, I need to remind myself, like, don't just react to that, you know, to, to that statement, you know, put some thought into why that statement was made and where it's coming from. And so, yeah, I really appreciate it that you that you wrote what you did. Well, and I also felt like and I, I was trying to, to kind of skirt that line. I know we're all speaking very ambiguously about this post. Uh, I'll <laughs> talk about it on my next uh, State of the Geek. But I, I tried to, to skirt the. um you know, when I challenged somebody, I wasn't trying to make it a direct challenge to them, but I also wasn't okay with them saying, well, you know, platitude, platitude, platitude. Ugh. And then it's like, yeah, but no. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you're way better at that than I am, man. I'm not very uh, diplomatic or tactful. <laughs> you know? I like... But it- <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I definitely want to thank people who who commented on that because I think I, I think some of them actually do listen to the podcast, and I want want to to let you know that it made me feel much better because I was feeling in a very very angry and negative place. So I'm just throwing that out there. Awesome. Coming up next week, we're going to be talking to John Armstrong about the Hollywood Fringe Festival, which I didn't even know was a thing, but I'm really excited about it because I I know of the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which is like in Edinburgh, Scotland, and it's where all this like crazy performance art and theater happens, and the fact that they're going to do one in Hollywood just makes me giddy. So we're going to talk about uh, that and maybe some magic with uh, John Armstrong uh, next week. 
All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the geek to geek network. Check out other geek to geek shows such as geek to geek podcast, video game news now, geek fitness, health hacks, and the comic box. And make sure to join our Reddit community at reddit.com forward slash r forward slash geek to geek cast. You can currently find us at geek2dude.com, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude, or me personally at epicgrays. Ray, go ahead and remind us where we can find you. <laughs> That's a lot of geek, man. Oh my god! What are the things that uh, one of the things that I noticed uh, rewatching Walking Dead was that the very the very first season, like the first half of the first season, they don't call them zombies or I mean, they never call them zombies, but they don't they don't call them walkers. They call them geeks. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I totally forgot about. I thought that was so funny that they called they referred to them as geeks. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. I'm like, hey, is that a shot or is that <laughs> uh, a little bit of both? But uh, anyway, if uh, you want to find me, I am across all social media platforms uh, at Ray Vargas three. So whether it's uh, Facebook or Twitter or Tumblr or Instagram, uh, just type in that backslash uh, Ray Vargas three. Uh, my website is also at Ray Vargas three dot com. Awesome. Well, the next time we're going to have you on is, as we said, to see Wonder Woman. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Ominous music. <laughs> Wonder Woman music, actually. <laughs> and for all of you listening out there, remember this week, keep it geek. Keep it geek.